0: Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. I have a blue check next to my name. so why I'm verified, so don't worry about the rest. Chris, talk to the people. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's Kid two, zero, six. All right, and last week we talked about, what was it the 2018 draft class? It's a pretty, correct. pretty big year for a lot of those guys. And, uh, you know, I think hopping into the 2017 class makes some sense, right? Especially because we're in this, what, six-week stretch where we got to have some content. We're not even going to lie to y'all. We just got to do it. I think training camp doesn't start till what, July twenty fifth. Yeah, that Friday, Thursday or Friday. It's a Thursday. Because it's two weeks before their first game, which is a Thursday as well. So yeah, we gotta we gotta kill some time, folks. Not even gonna lie to you, but we're gonna kill it with some quality. Uh, you know, if you remember the twenty seventeen class, it's highlighted uh, by Malik McDowell. Uh, but the star of it kind of became Shaquille Griffin. Would you say? Yeah. Without a question. And then last year, the star of it became. Chris Carson. Yes. Chris the Adonis Carson. But a quick quick rundown. Let's see. That was Malik McDowell with the first pick. Ethan Posick after that. Then Shaq Griffin. Uh, I don't have the rest of the order. But I know Delano Hill was in there. Tedrick. Uh, Let's see, Amara Darbo, Yes, he's still on the team. Nas Jones, Mike Tyson. Yep, they drafted a dude named Mike. They drafted a dude named Mike Tyson and a dude named Nas, and I'm very cool with that. But yeah, Mike's not on the team no more. Justin Senior, you guys probably don't remember him. Offensive tackle out of Mississippi, Mississippi State. One of those two. Think Mississippi Mississippi, State. Mississippi State. Yeah, he never made the team, so I can't remember. Uh, Chris Carson, obviously the Adonis, and then David Moore. Chris and Chris and David are going to be like two other biggest draft steals I think in this like post LOB era those are really really good picks if David you know steps it up this year and we'll talk about that uh, like I said Mike on he's on Green Bay now uh, got cut by the Texans Justin Sr. actually just got cut by the Chiefs and I, I was thinking about Justin Sr. if you guys don't remember he's the guy the Seahawks essentially called fat the day they drafted him I'm not even joking they drafted him like the sixth or seventh round and I remember it was like my first draft. Uh, I was sitting there thinking, why do they keep talking about his weight? They kept talking about how heavy he was last year, like how much they're going to need him to like, lose weight to make the team. And it was just like, this is gross. I was like, there's no way he makes the team. And he didn't. So I'm not going to spend any time on him. Who else? Who else is not still on the team? Mike Tyson. Oh, how could I get forget Malik? <laughs> okay. Whew. We've talked about Malik a lot recently so i also don't want to spend a ton of time on malik what's the most recent thing that happened he he got cut oh he's being sued he's being sued by the team for his signing bonus which we talked about on the show i think a couple weeks ago is just a sign that the seahawks just have beef with malik it's not like a normal yeah you had some bad luck in your career that's why you didn't play it seems like they're like yo Come up off some bread because we just don't like you. They what? what how much do they want? $800,000 back? Basically a million after everything. Plus interest. About a million bucks. And they want the lawyer fees covered. Are you kidding me? It's a sad day for that young Yo, man. Yo, it's going to be like, that's life-changing money they want back from him. And it's a drop in a bucket for them. A million dollars is a drop in a bucket for the Seahawks. Like, and it's a million dollars will change Malik's life forever. He may never play football again, you know, so... When and the Seahawks, I know they can. They look at it that way, like yeah, we need our bread back. But they know that taking a million dollars from the kid is like, oh, this is his life's going to change drastically, and the Seahawks just going to use that money like a backup fullback <laughs> or something, something that don't even really matter. So I do feel bad for him there. Uh, I don't think there's any been any progress in the lawsuit, but that is the most recent thing. Man, that's so rough. That that's what so happens rough. when everything goes bad. Everything went bad though. The ATV, the getting arrested in Atlanta—it was just oh man, so bad. Never ride ATVs. Never. Nope. It's like this is that this is that period right now where everyone's gonna remember Blake McDowell. Because this is it, one thing we agree on: never ride ATVs. We might disagree on the kicking thing, but which we always will. Never, <laughs> kick. never kick. But yeah, don't ride ATVs. Like this time of year. I'm pretty sure the Seahawks are like got their fingers crossed, like praying, like please let nobody do nothing stupid. Pretty sure if they hand out a press release, it in all caps, it says no ATVs under any circumstance, and it's highlighted all of that. I think they really they need probably should sit down. I mean, they know all this because a lot of this is in their contracts. You can't do any stupid stuff. Like remember when Patrick Mahomes was hooping, and the Chiefs was I think the Chiefs either owner or GM somebody was hot. Maybe it was Andy Reid because you can't be doing that stuff like people may think that like hooping is like you know whatever it's just some basketball it just takes one bad landing you know look how look what happened to clay thompson in the nba finals just one bad landing and then you just out like i think it's in their rookie contract so you can't do none of that like cliff jumping you can't do none of that you know motocross and skiing and just anything where you could get hurt basketball probably can't even go like rollerblading or whatever. Like you're not supposed to do any of that stuff. I think they probably reinforced that now this time of year after Malik. It's the Malik McDowell rule, which is kind of sad. Man, I feel bad. You live and you learn. Uh yeah, and they come back and take a million dollars from you. <laughs> but I want let's get to some people who's on the team. And after after they drafted Malik in 2017, uh they went and grabbed Ethan Posick who played like every position in college, no joke. Like center, left tackle, right guard, whatever. Played like everything. But I'm going to find a nice way to put this, Chris. I don't think the Seahawks are happy with that pick. I think Ethan's – he's made like f- 15 starts. I think he had a couple last year. He was on the team in 2017 – or excuse me, he made two starts when they were really bad against the Bears and the Broncos, right? And then they got him up out of there and then just started being a lot better, which is never a good thing. Like even in press conferences, they don't really mention him anymore and like watching OTAs and mini camp this past offseason Phil Haynes the rookie they just drafted seems to be already above him on the depth chart like even someone like Jordan Simmons seems to be a little bit higher on the depth chart too so I don't really know how much longer they'll have a former second round pick and Ethan Posick on the team anymore and honestly I don't even know if I could I want to ask you what you sh- should expect from him this year but can you even expect him to be on the team? The first thing is, do you think he's going to play right guard, center? Where is he going to be? Where do you think he's going to end up if the Seahawks end up keeping him? Per uh, se. Well, right now I think the starting left guard is Mike Aipati. Yep. And then after him, it will be Phil Haynes, the rookie they just grabbed. Okay. And Phil then Hange. after what about Jordan th- Simmons in right guard. Right guard. Okay. Yeah. After uh, who's the right DJ Fluker? So DJ, DJ Fluker, Fluker and, and then Jordan Simmons. Yep. And then on the left, it's Mike, Phil, and then Ethan. Okay, I see. All right. Well. Going back to that question, it's tough. I mean, he's in a, a very competitive group of linemen. You he, already have one in Mikey Ayupati who came from Arizona. And he's a in, vet. He's a vet. Injury history. It's bad. He's already hurt now. <laughs> no lie, he hurt his ankle. Pete said that and tried to make it seem as if it's not a big deal, but it kinda yeah. is. When you have when you when you have a poor injury history, any injury is gonna be a big deal. Yeah. C C J Procise. Go oh ahead. man. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I like CJ. I love CJ. It's cool. Unfortunate. Cat. Yep. And then yeah, Phil Haynes. He looks to be stepping up. I wanna I wanna see what happens with Demetrius Knox, too. He's hurt too. Oh, he is hurt, that's right. I don't I forget what's wrong with him. I'll say this Ethan has a hill to climb. And it's a big one. Already though. Like, think about it. They could be going in September without both of their second round picks from just two drafts ago. Think of how bad that's going to look. Like, you don't have your second-round picks from two drafts ago. Like, obviously, the Malik one is a unique circumstance. But, yo, you don't have Malik or Ethan already, and they didn't even get much out of Ethan. Like, I know he could be, like, the backup center, but he hasn't proven to be better than Joey Hunt. Well, yeah, back the center right now is Justin Britt. Then you have Joey Hunt. And like as you just mentioned, Joey Hunt has that pretty much locked down. He comes in if needed, and he he does what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You don't hear anything about Joey Hunt. And when you don't hear anybody's name on the O-line, that means the O-line's getting it done, as Mike pointed out a few years ago. Yep, yep. And Joey Hunt's been that guy. Quiet, does his job on the field. Great. See, I think I, I felt bad for Ethan at first because I was like, man, it must be one of the worst things for an O-lineman in your career to get drafted. And the first person who teaches you things is Tom Cable. Oh. But that's the same thing for Joey Hunt. Joey Hunt got dra- and, and Justin Britt, you know, those guys... They got in, and the first person to teach them things was Tom Cable. God bless those guys for overcoming that. But they did it. Joey did it. Justin did it. You know, Jermaine's doing it, a I mean. But if if at this point, if if you are already look like you're behind on a depth chart to a rookie before they even put the pads on, yeah, man, that's the deuces. Throw up the deuces. They wanted him to gain a bunch of weight last year. That didn't work. I mean, he did, but that didn't do anything. I can't. A second round pick already gone. This is gonna look like a really bad draft. I think if you're already down your your top two picks, like, well, the the two possibility is later. Phil Haynes could end up on the practice squad. We don't see that happening, but there's a possibility there. He could. And then that could allow Ethan to still keep his spot. That would be the what if scenario. If uh, Phil that's Haynes true. lands on the practice squad and they say Ethan, we're gonna keep you. We value something, <laughs> I don't know what that something is, but they value it and they're willing to risk it. That could be an option, although I don't see that happening. That's just the what-if scenario. Yeah, that's true. The thing about the practice squad, I will remember, remind people, because I just did a roster projection, I had like five of the draft picks on the practice squad, uh, which is natural when you think about it, especially when you have so many picks, that you still have to get cut first to get on the practice squad. They cut you, then they then they have to make sure no other team picks you up, then they get you on the practice squad. So, With someone like Phil or even Ethan, I don't think Ethan could be on the practice squad anymore. He's played too much. But I think it's important to note that, like, if you play well in the preseason, another team will snatch you up. Yeah. Especially if it's a team you played against. Like, if Phil Haynes balls out against, like, the Vikings or the Chargers, the Vikings be like, oh, we can use you. We can use that, dude. Let's sneak him on our practice squad. Or let's just pick him up and throw him on the active roster. You never know. Remember, all these teams probably scouted the rookies, too. Like, the Vikings might have talked to Phil Haynes. In the in the draft process, they might have wanted him too. You never know. So you, is, I want to imagine some guys getting on the practice squad. But, yeah, you still got to get cut first. And they still got to basically, like, sneak you back on there. So it's hard when every team, you know, is evaluating cats. But for now, I don't feel good about Ethan Posick being here in September. I really don't. That's fair. I, I'm i jumping on that that ship with you, Mike. <laughs> Which is crazy. Crazy. Second-round pick. Second-round pick. Their first pick. In the third round that year, is he is he your boy? Is he my boy? He he's your guy. We, he's, that's my boy. Okay. I will say this: we started our podcast right before the draft. No, right after. Right the draft? after the draft, mm-hmm. first episode was May seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, and we were talking about how good Shaquille Griffin would be, and he was good his first year. We agreed on that. He was pretty darn good. We figured he'd be starting by week three. He ended up starting week two. Yeah, technically starting week one. Technically, yes. As a starting right cornerback whenever they went into nickel and had Jeremy Lane at nickel. Jeremy Lane, remember him? <laughs> so. He was our guy in 2017. And then Trey Flowers got drafted, but that's that was 2018. That's that's a year later, but he didn't he didn't follow up that 2018 season as he as we thought he should. I mean, we did a I want I forget the title of the episode, but basically we gave our our projections and what we what players we thought would do well. And I had Shaquille Griffin having a superstar year, six interceptions, one for one taking it back to the house. Yeah, see, that means he's your boy. That's not my boy. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. It's not my boy. That's I just thought he was going to have a good year. So how's he my boy then? I don't even know if I thought that. Did because, I think that? No, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what you thought, but I do know we were both high on him. We thought he would be good. But That's I don't, correct. I don't think he, he was any of our boys. I'll just say that. We just thought he was going to have a good. No, no, I think he's your boy. <laughs> no. Six picks Hey that's man. like a Pro Bowl year. That might be All Pro type year. I think he had two last season. He did, and and they were in the same game. Wow, that's that was a really good game. It's a good game, but we need. They actually lost that. The game Seahawks too. would love to have. They would love his presence to be more consistent. How so, about that? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk more about Chris's boy, uh, Shaquille Griffin. <laughs> yes, I'm making him. He, that's your boy. That's just how that's how that's gonna go. You know what? I think I think the expectations were a little too high because I don't think people really understood the difference between being a right cornerback and left cornerback and it really is like I don't I want to make another analogy here but I really I don't want to dip into the basketball one I will say this if you're just going against a different level of cat really like if you look at some of the plays where Shaq is beat last year it's it's by the other team's top dude. You know, like, there's some there's some really bad clips from, like, the Niners games. And then, you know, I don't know if Dante Pettis was technically the Niners' number one dude. I can't remember. But, like, he got by him a lot. You know, the Rams, guys like Robert Woods getting busy on him. Uh, that, that big Devontae Adams catch against As the Packers. As we watch it right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Devontae got him so bad off the line. But these are, this is the level of cat that he's going up against. Now, to Shaquille's credit, he was really good against the Vikings, uh, really good against Stephen Diggs and Thielen. Uh, for my money, is the best-receiving duo in the league, I think, right? Yeah, because Pittsburgh's broken up. Well, I guess now it's the Browns, Jarvis and, and Odell. But even then, that actually, that's a good question for people. I want to know what people think about that. But he's going against a different caliber of Cat now, and I don't think we really anticipated that correctly, and so he really didn't have that good of a year. And I told Chris before the show today, I think I was in denial. I think – I was so high on Shaq. Okay, maybe here's my boy. Then I'm just thinking about. Okay, maybe because I was really. <laughs> I high couldn't. Last I couldn't remember year. the things you said, but I do remember how I brought up the fact that I said we should. I said, "What do you think about switching Trey Flowers to that right corner spot?" He said, "No, no, 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 no." Or is it the left corner spot? Yeah, left. Excuse me, left corner spot. And you're like, "No, no, no." He's fine. I'm saying, Mike, bro, Trey Flowers is literally taking out the number two guy. They're not using him. They're attacking Shaq every day. If they just every game, if they just switch the two, I think it'll make a difference you were not having it. I was not and I think and you you the point the point you brought up was good, but at the same time I'm thinking Mike, it's just not working over there. You got to try something new. That's that's true. So, I think there was like a few things that got me to to like admit what Shaq admitted in OTAs and we got the audio of that that they're going to play in a second. I think at first it was the it was Sam Gold did a breakdown of Shaq in like December. Uh, on the athletics, beautiful breakdown. There was that, talking about how Shaq's over-aggressive, has some struggles in zone, uh, has some struggles like with uh, with his hips, a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage, some technique stuff. Uh, and then there was, we had Sam on the podcast, who basically broke down all that same stuff. Then we had Ben Baldwin on the show. And I think after all that, and then it was the Cowboys game, when Dak Prescott treated Shaq like the mark, and ta- targeted what, 10 times in f- the first half. I think after all that, I was finally like, whew, okay, maybe Chris's boy wasn't that good this year. And then we got Shaquille Griffin. This is at I think uh, OTAs this year, talking about exactly how disappointing, you know, his sophomore season was.
1: You know, I can give myself any type of grade, but you know, the only way I will get better if I be hard on myself. And um, last year was just an average year, you know. And being at the number one corner, I can't have average years, and you know, I got to be the guy that they can continue to look up to and be able to count on it and make the big splash plays when it's needed. And I gotta be that guy. I gotta be more than just good. I gotta be more than just great. I gotta be elite and I gotta be that type of guy that he can count on. So last year was just an average year and that's just something I'm not looking forward to. And you know, I hold myself to a high standard and I gotta do the same thing this year. And uh, you know, I got a different mindset than I did last year.
0: So I said there was four things that sold me on like believing that Shaq wasn't very good in 2018. That was the fourth thing. And you know it was hearing it from I don't like the horse's mouth thing because it's weird. But hearing it from Shaq, I was like, oh, okay, okay. He needs to be better. And when he was saying that he has a different mindset, I'm glad someone followed up in the press conference. I can't remember who it was. But they really tried to get into what exactly, like how his mindset was detrimental last year. And it's something I've kind of spoken about here on the podcast. I definitely know I've mentioned it on radio. But, like, listening to what Shaq says was the problem last year because it's something I really think is interesting and applies to more people on the defense than just him.
1: Just going for the ball when it wasn't there, you know, it just – it got to a point where I was thinking more about, man, I got to pick this next play. or oh, I got to make this play. And I started to overthink things that wasn't even there, you know, instead of just doing the job at hand, you know, just, you know, working the technique and just doing what I need to do. You know, I started looking for plays that wasn't there. You know, when you when you play like that, you focus on too many things instead of just focusing on just your job. And that's the mindset I had last year, you know. Like I said, you got to continue to grow and you got to continue to mature, you know, from last year. And that's what I did. I took this offseason and kind of. Focus on myself and who I want to be as a player and and just figure out what I really want to accomplish in life.
0: So the the important part there was obviously the mindset stuff. But, uh, you know, I want to talk about the L.O.B. and guys trying to, like, replace them. Because That's something that's like everyone's thinking about now. Like, oh, they drafted like because you remember when they drafted Mike Tyson basically, this draft class we was calling them like Legion of Boom 2.0, not me because I was never doing that. That draft Was the though. name of our episode, was it? Yeah, it was question marks. We okay, didn't, we didn't say this is gonna be a Legion of Boom, but that's what we were reading that's about. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was like, okay, this dude's a new Cam, this dude's a new Earl. Like, they it's like, nah, man, you can't replace Sherm, you can't replace Cam, you can't replace Earl. With just talent, it starts upstairs, and by upstairs I mean your brain and how you think. Like Sherman was built a different way mentally. He was a killer. Cam Chancellor, f- for my money, was pretty much a psychopath. Right? <laughs> like he would be happy, smile, go lucky when he locked in the locker room. Come out there with a dark visor, hammer and stuff, and he'd kill people. Then he'd get back off the field and start smiling. You be like, dude, you're nuts. He's the Black Thor. Does Thor have to go into? La- He's more like a Hulk. Type where but he used to be with the hammer, though, man. That's true. That's true. That's why I say he's the black door. I, I mean, mostly like the 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 mindset change. Like he went from David Banner to no, he's not. What's yeah, his, you're right. His name is David Banner. His name is oh, wow, that's a good question. What is the we're trying to th- figure out our superhero. No, record. David Banner is a rapper. It's Dave Banner. No, it is Dave Banner. It's Bruce Banner. Oh my! His gosh, name is Bruce. Bad. No, because I was like, that can't be David Banner. It right. is Bruce Banner. No, BB Dave. Yeah, okay. So he went from Bruce to the Hulk you know, that's what Shaq, or excuse me, that's what Cam did, and these guys, these new dudes, these Shaqs, these Trey's, even Bradley McDougal, Tedrick, they are coming in with an expectation of what they should be, you have to be what this dude was, and Shaq even has talked about it too, saying, look, I wanted to be the guy who I replaced, I wanted to be better than, Sherm had all these stats, so I wanted to get all these stats, and you know, some of that is on him, some of that is on, like, the legacy that those guys left, they set a bar, like, L.O.B. means this. You need to be this. Some of that is on Pete Carroll. I think I've said this on the show before. Uh, when they drafted Shaq, Pete sat Shaquille down in his office and showed him clips of Sherman. Like how to do this, how to do that. Same thing with Trey Flowers. So, of course, when these dudes get on the field, what are they going to try to do? Be Sherm. You know, be Earl. Be Cam. And they can say all they want. Like, I'm not trying to be the you know, the next Sherm trying to be the best version of me. It's, you have to apply it, and I don't think they were applying it that way. You know, it's it's not like the dude, uh, remember Coach Carter? My, my man's getting interviewed, and he's like, yo. The reporter's like, hey, how's it feel to be the next LeBron James? And my man looks at her crazy, or looks at him crazy, grabs the mic and says, LeBron James, I'm the only Ty Crane, and walks off. They really need to have I'm the only Ty Crane type of mindset, and I don't think Shaq had it. I'm not really sure if Trey had it. Bradley McDougal, I think, has kind of figured that out, like, hey, yo, I can't be Earl. You know, I I just I'm just not, you know, he's figured out I can't be Cam. And when you when you really figure out who you are, which is kind of what Shaq just mentioned, like he had to figure out who he was as a dude, not just a football player. Like, no, I'm Shaq. I'm gonna be the best Shaq I can be. I'm not going to be the next Sherm, you know, because he just can't be. You know, it's, you can have all the talent. You can be as talented as as Earl, as Earl or Cam or whoever. But it's up here. How you built upstairs is going to make the difference on the field. And I don't think he was wired the right way last year like he's mentioned. I'm glad he mentioned it because it feels like I don't, you know, I don't like psychoanalyzing dudes, which I kind of just did for a few minutes. I really have to do that a lot. And I don't, I'm not always sure if I'm on the right target. But with Shaq, I feel a lot better about it because, I mean, I don't know what you heard in that audio, Chris, but it sounds like a dude who kind of grew up and found himself yeah. a little bit. I mean, I cut out the part where you said he's mature because it, it was a longer quote. But, yeah, he's realized I can be the best me. Mm-hmm. And I can't be worried about being Sherm, being all these other guys. I am Shaquille Griffin. I have my own set of skills that I can use to be an elite cornerback in this league. Because he wasn't even the top 20 corners <clears throat> Excuse me, last year. He was. He had a really bad year. <laughs> Mike wants to question, oh, he wasn't that bad. Oh, it was not good. Because I know he had some good games. He was he good against yeah, the, he, uh, good against the Bears. He was good against... He had a handful of good games versus multiple bad games where teams are attacking him and beating him. I mean, he had a bad game on the biggest stage in Dallas. True. And those you can't have. He needs to be at his best come the playoffs, the you, postseason. You know what's crazy for Shaq also, I think, is that like those big stage games were like, it's amazing how those can shift how people feel. Because I think like against the Bears, people were really high on him because he had two picks in that game. Because that was also a Monday Night well, Football. That was week Three. Two. That was week, week two. Week two. He also, had, but that was on Monday Night Football. And then that play against Devontae Adams, when he got beat for the fifty yarder, that was on uh, through. That was on Thursday Night Football. Uh, let's see. But then I thought, okay, he had a really good game against the Vikings. That was Monday that night. That was Monday Night Football. I thought the whole secondary was good against the um <coughs> Chiefs. That was Sunday Night Football. And then they had that Dallas game where him and uh, Dak and Amari Cooper just got busy on Shack. That was. It was a playoff, playoff game, so it was yeah. prime time. It's just, like, if you have those moments, you know, on the big stage, like you mentioned, it can kind of sway things versus, like, if you're playing at, like, 10 a.m. and you have a really good game, like, maybe you'll make the highlight reel or whatever. But, like, my mentions were flooded with just, like, how bad Shaq was in the playoff game. Makes and think, sense. And I think that can, like, shift the whole outlook on you, one or two good games or bad games, especially in the playoffs. And, Chris, I want to ask you this about your boy because, say <laughs> – He's he's your boy. What, do you th- what can we expect now that he's got the different mindset? He's in year three, year two at this spot. That's important that he's coming back at a spot he's played a year at at the left cornerback. How good can we expect him to be? It's as good as his consistency will be. I think that's the first key. We said, oh, week two against the Bears. He dominated. He had two picks. Okay, well, week three, you should have – Multiple pass breakups. You don't have to get interception, but it's the fact that you're present. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we didn't look at the stats and see week to week on how he did, but I'm sure there are weeks where it, he literally didn't get a pass deflection. He literally maybe had mm-hmm. one tackle. Mm-hmm. It's about consistency. Two picks one game, okay, cool. We don't need to get two picks again, but we need to see you breaking up passes. We need to see you being aggressive, making big plays. That's mm-hmm. the thing that you got to consistently do to be a top corner in this league. Yep. And yep if he yep. does that, then he will find himself in the conversation of the top 15. He'll break that combo because wow, la- top fifteen would be a yeah, lot. Yeah, it would be. But last year he wasn't even top twenty-five. Yeah, just him being consistent it brings him back into the conversation. Yep, it doesn't say that he is, but he's. You could definitely th- if someone wanted to make an argument that he is top ten and he has a great year this season, that's fine. If you look at his production, week one all the way to seventeen and into the postseason, if the Seahawks make it. What did he do? And you can go. Oh man, he had one interception this game. Five pass, five pass breakups the next game. Six tackles, one interception the next game. Next game, no interceptions. Five pass breakups, two tackles. You want to see that week in and week out? Because one, that lets you know. Oh, he's in there. He's mm-hmm. battling. But when you're out here, ten targets and the guy has seven catches, <laughs> you're getting cooked. You're getting. It's not working. Depending on the yardage and whatever. But yeah. No. And forget the yardage, Mike. If if he only has like 13 yards in them seven catches, okay, well, that's bad. Exactly. But it's rare that you see that. Yeah, it is. But to your point, it, it could happen. But it's all about consistency. And if he is consistent, I would expect a good year from Shaquille Griffin. See, he's one of those dudes, and I'm going to see if you agree with this, that I think if it's going to require him taking a huge leap in year three. There's a few guys who what I think— What do you mean by huge leap then? So there's a few—I'm going to do an article about this, but I think there's certain dudes that, like, for the Seahawks to be successful, and by successful I mean win the division, you're going to need some dudes to take, like, huge leaps. You know, it's not going to be like Russells and Chris Carsons and Dwayne Browns, Bobbies and KJs. I think you need guys like Shaq to be, like, pro-bowl caliber. I think you need, like, Jermaine Afedi to be, like, Pro Bowl alternate caliber. I think he's on his way for Jermaine Afedi not to go off subject too much, but I think he's on the way. I think Shaq is one of those dudes, I think, that you need Tyler Lockett to go from, like, fringe Pro Bowl because, remember, Tyler still never made the Pro Bowl as a receiver. It's tough, man. Well, yes. I think (laughs) to be successful— You just named a duo that those two automatically get a bid in. Yes. (laughs) You need Tyler to go— I think if I had to name, like, some of the three dudes who need to have the biggest jumps— It's Tyler going from, like, Pro Bowl fringe to All-Pro. It's Shaq going from bottom half of the top starting cornerbacks to Pro Bowl cornerback. And then it's Jermaine Ifedi going from, like, we hate you to, like, we need you to be one of the best right tackles in football, which is not an unreasonable expectation for a fourth-year dude who was a first-round pick to me. Maybe I'm tripping. But I think – the uh, last thing on Shaq I, I think he's one of them dudes on the team Where it's like we don't need you to just be good or okay If For the Seahawks to ha- have the success they want Which is again winning the division So that means they got to beat the Rams So I think they have no shot at beating uh, They're going to need Shaq to not just be good Like he said he needs to be elite Pro Bowl caliber The good news I is think. he has that mindset But now he has to put it on the field And I think he's got the talent too I, I think in terms of like the athleticism And the smarts I think it's there it's just a matter of, like you said, uh, putting it on the field. Well, I com- come August, he'll get to do it against DK. That'll be fun. Uh, yes, that'll be great to watch. I want to loop uh, the two safeties that were like in that like LOB two point group together real fast, and that's Delano Hill and Tedrick, because I don't like Tedrick had his, his first season as a starter, and it wasn't great. Man, uh, the dude well, plays too much Madden because the the hits he he does he does not like wrapping up. He likes just flying in with the shoulder. Yeah, he laid somebody out, I think, in week five. I think it was Brandon Cooks, and it was pretty bad. Uh, so, And then you have Delano Hill, who hasn't really started much at all. I think he's only had, like, two starts. Uh, he ended the year with a cracked hip last year, and he's basically still recovering from that now. I, wanted, I want to ask you this, Chris. Should Do you think the Seahawks can have a successful year with either of those dudes starting at safety? I wouldn't say either. I'd go more towards Tedrick Thompson being the starter, not Delano. I think Delano still has a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only saw him in two games. In those two games, he... I think he was really good against the Chiefs. That was week 16, right? Correct. That, Yeah, he was solid in that game, but he hasn't put enough film for mm-hmm. me to say, I trust you at that position. Whereas Tedrick, yeah, I did point out the fact that he is a terrible tackler. He does not take good angles. Which is very important, bro. He's playing free safety. Yes, it's very important, but I believe he's also a few more games ahead of Delano in the department of knowing the defensive schemes. Yeah, he's played way more football. Played way more football, and that's mm. important as well. And I think tackling just comes down to a simple thing. Hey, bro, I need you to wrap up. <laughs> you can't come in with your shoulder because you're, that's not who you are. Maybe in college and you could do that, but now you're you're in, a, in the NFL where, yeah, a shoulder tackle is not going to bring a lot of guys down. You have to physically wrap the person up, and if you can't bring him down, teammates will come to help. Well, I'm I'm ask you this then too. They're, they just drafted rookie safeties. Yes. Right? They got Marquise Blair to play strong and they have Ugo to play free. Do you think that Tedric and Delano will could beat out those guys and like get starting jobs? I don't know about Delano. I think Tedric could. You think he can beat out Ugo? Yes. How about this, I to I joke. don't know. I, Marquise Blair is a wild card. He could really <laughs> he could be back there. I think he probably end, I remember I said a few episodes ago I think he end up. He probably will end up starting on this defense. Well, that would be because Bradley's a strong, starting strong safety right now. So the, they they might put him at free though. You and, don't think and so? Then start Marquise exactly. So then we got No Tedrick and No Delano. Then it's Ooh. it's training camp is going to be really big. Mm. Training camp is going to be really big and exciting. Really big and exciting it's, for that alone. See, here's the here's the other thing. I think when I was writing about Tedrick, guys was telling me like. Oh yeah, you know he's this great ball hawk, and Pete Carroll loves his ball hawk skills. I didn't see it last year. Did you see the ball hawk skills? I didn't even mention the tackling, but he was supposed to be a ball hawk, and I don't really I think mean, I saw that. I'm gonna go check on his past I, breakups. Did I you saw see more him? of that from Bradley McDougal? If anything, yeah, Bradley had three picks last year. <laughs> he had one against the Panthers that was clutch. Yeah, in the red zone too. Yep, I know. <laughs> it exactly was what perfect. You're talking about. I would think Bradley McDougal took on the ball hawk. He took on that more than Tedrick. Tedrick, he didn't have a good year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, three, three passes defense for uh Tedrick. Yeah, for Tedric last year in ten starts. No, you're not feeling it. I think he can beat out Ugo too, for for what it's worth. But I, I think Marquise Blair would be the guy that's where they can put him anywhere, and if they wanted to. He could play that position. So if they don't have Delano, you don't have. If you have Marquise there and you have Bradley, what do you think they should do with it? Should they keep him? Keep Tedrick? No, Delano. I don't know if you keep Delano. Uh oh, hot take. We I don't know if you keep Delano there. What do you think? Do you think they should keep Delano? I don't know. I was asking you, man. You know, oh, I just want to hear, hear your you. opinion. No, no, it's cool. We got yours. <laughs> That's straight. We straight. We don't even need. No, we 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 good. You, I want you to have the hot takes. It's not even <laughs> it's a hot take. It's a, it's a fact of the matter that I don't know if Delano is ready for that move to be. The starting role. Mm-hmm. The backup role, we saw that. He had one good game, the other game. I think he was good in week 17, too. I can't remember, though. If you can't remember off top, it probably wasn't that good. I mean, I watched a lot of games last year. You did, year. but at the same time, if it wasn't, st- if it didn't stand out, dang, Delano had a great game. It's, it wasn't all that good. I kind of remember. I just remember thinking that when they announced that he had a cracked hip, I was like, ow. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, wait. He played the whole game. So when at one point, did he crack his hip? Kept playing. Yo dudes in the NFL Like We see this in the NBA too people talking about How tough Clay Thompson Was for uh, tearing his ACL And then coming back on hitting the free throws I think we need to stop Equating toughness With playing through injury Because at some point That is just dangerous To just like Dude Like dude If you got a broken bone Or something torn Sit out You are no Less tough Than if you just go to the locker room And don't come back Or people have to carry you off I don't I don't necessarily equate Toughness with that and i think that's a it's really dangerous game to play so let me ask you this are you tough for getting knocked out in boxing and then standing back up and going another 30 seconds just because you think you can stand the chance i think every boxer is tough because you play you play a sport where the goal is it's it's really just you and another dude hitting each other in the head for like 30 (laughs) minutes like come on like i'm never gonna call a boxer not tough right and all these athletes you know who get hurt and come back on the field just like michael kendricks i think played with like a Broken bone in his knee, I think. That's probably not the best move. Like, he got hurt in the first half against the Vikings this year, came, uh, came back on the field, and then after the game, it was like, yeah, Mike's out for the year. He uh, he broke his knee or something like that. And I was just like, wait, he played in the second half. So what? They God. shot him up with some drugs, and he couldn't feel pain, and then when it goes away, oh, my God. It was like, hey, trainer, dude, I can't feel my leg now. Like, help. Like, one of the rookies this year – uh, it said in college he played with like a broken collarbone last year I was just like dude what position do you play you did what now He <laughs> played as a d- defender I'm gonna write a story about it but God, that's like, terrible What's I don't equate none of that with toughness uh, by the way speaking to Delano or all these guys so I'm gonna leave the hot takes to you you said that I don't even know if it's a hot take you said so they're just, not gonna keep Delaney. I just think it's an opinion based on his production and what they brought in who they drafted where they play and what what I've seen just at camp, which is nothing <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! You can't man. do anything in mini camp. You know, I feel you, you. know, you know. I mean, what to say? These guys out there killing it. Hey man, you, you could, even? you could, you could. They look good running. All man, right, hey, high man. knees. They catch everything that's thrown to them. Awesome training Analysis. camp. Training camp, I think, will settle this conversation for sure. Yeah, I mean, it should. Well, that in the preseason games. That too. That that is that as well. You know, I hope Tejik makes the team. Man, I like Tejik. I like him, even though his his Colorado team killed us but this next wide receiver though this is definitely your boy absolutely hold on everybody cannot be my boy let's, let's get that out the way i don't know if anybody's your boy i don't think nobody in this draft class is my boy no during the break when we put in that griffin clip we were discussing i don't ever think he would Shaq was my boy i know him amara darbo no you was, you, you, you said chris was he my boy hey, he man. was not <laughs> I think the only one closest to being my boy is Mike Tyson. He's not on the team no more. Right? Man, that's a that's a boy that's not even on the team no Cause more. Cause I liked Mike. He was funny. You His know? name is Mike Tyson. Yeah, I'm 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 fond of people named Mike because I think they got cool names. That's you, man. You know, so I that's that's what it was. Okay, well, let's talk about not your guy Darbo. Well, uh, come, on. I'm, I have no problem saying if they cut you once, they'll cut you twice. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> like they, I think what he had. Oh, okay, I will say this because I, I want to add something new that people probably haven't heard. You know, for me, I, I'm not, like, I'm not going to throw a source out here on this, but I've heard just kind of rumblings that the problem the organization has had with, with Darbo is upstairs, like, mentally. Like, him not just having what it takes upstairs to play at a high level in this league. Because I don't think – I haven't heard the talent's been the issue. It's mostly been, like, a, a mentality thing. Like, I think he's one of the guys that when John Snatter talks about – you know, not uh, people they've drafted not coming in with the right mindset, wanting to like unseat the the veterans ahead of them. I think he was referring to some of the safeties, and I think he's referring to guys like Darbo not coming in mentally ready to be who they expected them to be. And once that's the problem with you, I I don't have much much faith. And then you just you just hurt. Like he's hurt now. I think I think he played last week, but like I think he hurt now. They cut him already because he was hurt. Like. At this point, if they cut you already, like I should have no faith in them bringing you back, right? Am I tripping? I don't know why they bring him back in the first place. Well, they, they had to because he got hurt, got got cut, and then he got claimed by the Patriots. But he failed the physical over there, needed oh, surgery. Got to keep him. When that happens, you reserve, you you revert. Excuse me, back to your previous teams, like IR list. So that's, that's why they brought it back. They really want him. It was the same situation they had a few years ago with their. What's his name? Uh, Jeremy Lane. Yes, it's <laughs> he, it's they, somewhat similar. Yeah, yeah, they tried to trade Jeremy, got and it. he couldn't pass the physical in Houston, so they was like, "Uh oh, come on back." Okay, come on back. And it just you get it's it, awkward. It's very very awkward. It seems like Amara is ha- handling it well. I guess I've requested interviews with him three times and got denied, not by him, by the PR staff. So I don't really know. But I mean, yeah, once they cut you once, I have no faith in them. You know keeping you around they cut quentin jefferson and brought him back i think a couple times at least once but i don't have the same faith here not with the wide receiver they just drafted three receivers like dude you up out of here yeah he's not my boy it's yeah good luck. yeah he's he's not my boy i think is david moore your boy can he be your boy why i be my guy i i don't know because you're making everybody my homie i don't know these dudes <laughs> i don't i think I th- we're both guilty of making each other we're making these guys our guys for the I, most part. Cuz I like I like Chris, but yeah, Mike Tyson, he cool. I you know, I don't think everybody my boy. I okay. don't think you I have. You want to talk about David Moore now? Yes, that, cuz that's your guy. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want. David that's, Moore. <laughs> let's, <that's, laughs> let's get into it. That's that's your guy. I think you probably wanted him starting over Brandon Marshall at the top of oh, the year. Oh, well, first of all, we know your your real boy was Brandon Marshall and we no, saw how I that fair. I don't I think that's unfair too. I don't think we have so. a whole podcast with Stacy where you sat up there and said Brandon Marshall going to lead the team in receptions and touchdowns. See, now you're bringing up old stuff. We talking about this year, <laughs> David Moore. You know, and the thing with David was what that he was just hot in like October, November, and then when it got cold, he got cold. Ooh, that's fire. You Unfortunately, cold fire. You see Come on, man. It I, was, you see what I did there? I see. Okay. Okay. And I, I wanted, I really just wanted to pinpoint what in the world happened so like for the first time i actually asked david that uh i asked him that i think during minicamp pretty yes. sure i asked it was him at that minicamp I this, remember that. this last yeah. week and i thought his answer was interesting and i want to talk about why but here's what happened when i said hey david man what happened in the month of december you just kind of fell off here's what he had to say
1: nah nothing really changed man just got some more players into it which we needed to and they showed up and they showed out like we're supposed to we all there as a team man we all one shine we all shine.
0: See, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, one, see, Chris, David Moore is your boy. You also might be thinking, two, Mike, why is that a weird answer? So if you notice, David kind of mentioned, he kind of implied that, like, other dudes got more involved, and that's why his production dipped. For you guys that don't remember, uh, David had, I think, no catches in the month of December, maybe two? It was not good. I'm talking about the whole month, which was, like, five games. Um, So the interesting thing is, I went back and looked, I mean, I already knew this when he said it, but, like, it's not like anyone else got more involved. You know, it's not like Tyler Lockett had, like, a bunch of more catches in December. It's not like Jerron Brown randomly got involved. Hell, I think they played two games that month without Doug. (laughs) Like, I think at least they played one. You know, so, you know, none of the tight ends had a spike in production. You know, it's not like J.D. McKissick randomly got involved. So it really just – that sounded like a stab at someone else. It sounded like whether that was a jab at, like, maybe the the play calling – the coaching staff, I don't know, Russ maybe, it just sounded like that was his version of saying, look here, my name Bennett, I ain't in it. But if you want to really find out what happened that month, you go talk to the guys who was calling the shots. Like, that's how I interpreted that. And I don't know if that's good, bad, and I don't necessarily think, Chris, is that enough for me to feel confident that he's not going to have that same issue, you know, this year? It was interesting. He didn't really answer your question. He kind of, j- as you mentioned, he put blame elsewhere instead of coming out. Now, I don't want to say put blame elsewhere, but he didn't just answer it. He didn't say, I didn't do this. It felt as if he wanted to, but he just didn't for whatever reason. And it'll be interesting to see what he does because he was dominating. I mean, Russ would throw it up and, oh, David Moore, another touchdown. How is he getting open? You watch the replay, runs by guys. Right, he's, yeah, he was, he was having and a it, good year. And it could be the simple fact that they kept, I mean, maybe we can go back and watch film on him on the routes that he was doing, and maybe teams game plan for that. Because after a certain period, teams are able to see, all this guy does is run streaks. If you play seven yards off of him, and you know where he's going, and you're there and make a play, and you slap it out of his hands, or he drops it, because I know he did drop a few passes in December, as well, that was another problem. There was a pass that was tipped, and we had a huge discussion on it, you know, who would make that catch. Oh, that wasn't in December. That was like Oh, wasn't? That was like, that was against the Chargers. That was in that like was October, early, yeah. When I he can't. was having his... Run. When he okay. was when he was playing really well, but That's I n- I do remember he had a few drops where it was like, dude, you got to catch that. I mean, here here's something that you mentioned that I think is interesting. Going into the 2018 season, they simplified his route tree. They were like, you're gonna be the I think he was the X. I'm like, you're gonna be the X receiver for whatever it was. I think he was the X, and you're gonna run only a few things. we yes. really simplify your assignments. You're gonna only do this, this, and that. You know, it was more than just streaks, but I get your point. Yeah, it was very it was very limited. Uh, and I think this year now they've expanded that, which could help him. True, or it could be a downfall. Yes, <laughs> I think what's honestly, to be honest, I think what's going to help him the most is that they drafted three receivers, including Pushes DK in. Metcalf. Pushes because I think they all needed that. They all needed it, and I think Pete Carroll kind of laughed when I asked him about like, "Hey, how did the how does drafting those rookies affect some of your returners like JB, Jerome Brown, David Keenan?" He he laughed a little bit like, "Yep, competition really helps." It really does, and I think David needed that. Cause think, imagine being David, and not only do they draft the receivers, but like they drafted a stud like DK to play at the same spot as you. Doesn't mean David won't be better than D- DK this year. He could be, but like that fire helps. You know, Chris Carson felt it last year too. With like when they drafted Rashad, it was like, uh oh, it's go You know, sometimes you do need that, like it's a you, push. You know, Cliff Averill likes to say on KJR all the time. Like, yo, they drafted a D-lineman every year that I was on the team. It's like, yeah, man, they need that fire. And what happened? Cliff balled out every year, right, So he got hurt. So I think that David's in that same position right now. It's like, man, they drafted some studs. Yeah. And I think he probably – he he said he, he didn't think about it when they uh, – Oh, they think about it. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. Maybe maybe they didn't think about it right away, but it's like you, you get think about it, man. And you see, like, 6'4 DK running down the field, and you're like, all right. If another, if another, if the Athletic hired another writer to do the Seahawks, might be like, whoa, 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 from the Athletic too. Yeah, no, I, I that would, would be, be okay. I would right. definitely feel the heat. Yeah. Like I'm always trying to be my best anyway, but like I would really, it would be a conscious thing. Like yo, I'm gonna be better than whoever they bring in. Exactly, that's what you got. That's the mindset you have to have. You might not. As David Moore, I don't. I didn't think about. It. Yeah, you did. It's the first thing you thought about. You you're watching the draft. You want to see who they're taking. You want to see is my position in jeopardy. Mm. And it I, should be. I think the question was, were you motivated more? And he was like, no. Which may be kind of true, but it's definitely something he's. Come on, you got to know they drafted three dudes who play my spot. That says, okay, either you're gonna get it done, or these three dudes are getting you off the field. Yes. Which is it gonna be? And to your point, hopefully, he balls out as we mentioned with Cliff Averill as other Seahawks have when their position got a bunch of new guys on the team. And for him, falls down the line with consistency. If they give you these routes, you gotta beat that guy, period. You gotta beat him and you gotta make the play. I mean, he was doing it early because teams didn't know who he was. No, Who's David Moore? But then December came. And they had oh, some film. Got some film. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're doing a lot of fly routes. Hey, we'll just drop back and get a play on the ball. And mm-hmm. that they took it away from him. And at that point, he was ineffective. And I think I think another thing that – who was that, Sam that mentioned it or Ben? That, like, the Seahawks don't have a plethora of dudes who good at beating man. I think that was a problem. I th- was that Sam who said that? Because I remember we were asking about what are they going to do without Doug, and it's just like Doug was really good at beating man coverage. Like, like he was like, all right, dude in front of me, I'm going to just beat him. I think David mentioned that, too, in his press conference uh, this last week. Like, if he can do that consistently, like you mentioned – then I think he'll be fine. Yeah, but I don't really, I don't really have faith in anybody on the team other than Tyler to beat man coverage consistently. As Tyler beat it in zone, he'll beat you in man. I mean, he can run. I think Tyler can run every route. Yeah, I think he's a top. I sent you that one thing. Yes, I think he's a top ten route runner. Yes, maybe top. I can name ten guys better than him, but I feel you. What you really don't think? Yes. I mean, there's ten guys better than him. I'm sorry. At route running, at route running. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, if we put the list out, you would probably be like, dang, okay. Nah. I can name them right I now. I sent you the list. Yeah, and those ten guys are better. Who? Cool. Okay, you want to start and do this? Go ahead. Go ahead. A B. Okay. Julio. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Why don't you think so? I don't think so. No, I, think, I, I think a lot of what gets him open is the respect he demanded as a big, strong, fast dude. But in terms of being a technician, I don't think so. I don't what? think so. Go ahead though. Who else you got? Who else you got? Odell. Okay, that's I. That's two. I give you. That's two. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Well, I think that's three. Hopkins. Texans Yeah that's fine That's four on, for me Okay Number five I'm going to go Devontae Adams Okay Number six Adam Thielen Okay Number seven Stephon Diggs Okay Did I say Antonio Brown yet? Yeah you said AB Okay for seven name. Let's see Who else is out there Oh Keenan Allen Okay Who else am I missing? Shh. Oh Alshon Jeffrey I don't think so What? I've I've watched a lot Oh seen. my god What? Alshon Jeffrey? Oh you, my god, tripping. am I tripping? Yes. You think so? Alshon? Okay, I'll take Alshon off. What? You, I don't know if you watch the Eagles at all, but I do, yeah, man, I just won a Super Bowl not too long ago. I, I mean, you watched him? Yeah, I watch a lot of receivers. Good. Who am I missing? There's two more guys that I'm not. I'm drawing. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald, technician. Uh, That's I don't nine. Know. I don't you know. don't know? Larry Fitzgerald. He I, don't ain't know got, if he I don't know. He has if, no speed. Number one. I don't know if he's a top ten route runner right now. Oh man, Larry. Uh, Larry. Uh, I think he's got the best hands in the league. No, well, I think D-Hop has the best hands. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think D-Hop has the best hands. Larry, Larry's think. probably top five hands. And that's number nine. Oh, and I'm 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 blanking. T.Y. Hilton, easily. Ooh, I think T.Y. and Ty, Ty Lockett probably about the same. Okay. And then my last guy to to close out my list, he's in the Cincinnati Bengals. AJ, AJ Money Green. See, yeah. I don't think so either. I, I feel th- you. I think guys like Julio and AJ and even like a Michael Thomas are just like Dominant in ways that's not necessarily limited to just route running. Like they're just big, fast, and they demand respect because of their big if, bigness and but fastness. But when you see the routes, is, have you? I mean, is bigness I a ha- word? I don't think so. Is fastness a word? I think I just made up two words. I I disagree just because just because they're big and they re- demand respect. The routes that they do, I mean. Look at this double move by Julio right here. I don't here. think Julio's a bad route runner. I just I mean, think look Tyler, at that. I think Tyler what? is elite. I, think I I feel you. It's just, I think you're looking at it because Tyler's quicker, faster, and he's smaller, and he's doing it, and it looks better. Exactly. Said, but that doesn't mean he's better. I disagree. I feel you, though. But that's I my, agree. I just gave you 10, and I think those 10 are better. I think you I took had off like, Alshon. you had like two debatables. Two debatables. I'll take that. I'm 80%. That's I'm out fair. here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I give you, I don't know about AJ and Julio. I don't. I respect. But okay, let's. We have who so David Moore. We need consistent. The Seahawks need consistency from consistency from him. I think they honestly just need consistency out of everyone on this list. Actually, not because I don't think it matters with Amara Delano. Nah. Oh, we forgot about Nas. Well, there's not much for Nas. I mean, he's in trouble too. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. You know, look at that. Look at that. Look at that line there. Well, it's not even that they got a bunch of talent there. It's just that, like, he got to the point where he was unplayable, and I'm always worried about guys who get to that point. I like, Just one thing, if you're just, like, not up to snub, where, like, Tedrick, maybe he wasn't as good as they had hoped. Maybe, like, Shaq wasn't as good as they hoped. Maybe they've had some other guys who weren't as good as they hoped. But they were like, nah, so we're just not going to play you,
1: like, whether you're healthy
0: or not. And those guys give me more concern than anyone else because you have proven that you can't, like, they've proven that, all right, we're comfortable not using you. Right, we're 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 good at this position to the point where I will just put you on the bench, Damn. and that is bad, right? And then they drafted a defensive tackle, you know, Demarcus Christmas. Then they bring in, you know, they love Puna. They've already put Puna over you, and then they bring in JT. Oh man, I can't pronounce that brother's name. From I'm bad with the Polynesian names. I I don't even like to try to butcher them. And they brought in another undrafted defensive tackle too, and they signed Al Woods. Ooh boy, I'm just not feeling feeling great there. Like he's one of those guys. I would think the guys who are in jeopardy of not being on the team in September, I would probably say Delano, Nas, and I would see Amara. Now that's a hot take. And Ethan, actually, damn, this could actually end up being a really bad draft class. It's weird because like you can get like a potentially a Pro Bowl caliber dude in Shaq, and then you know you have a stud in Chris Carson who's also Pro Bowl caliber, and then some guys, some guys. You don't want to be the some guys. I mean, if, if David's just a guy, that's cool. If he's a starter, if he's their number three, to, if David Moore is your third best receiver, I don't think that's bad, right? No? Uh-oh. No, okay. That's tough, man. What if your first two are like Tyler and DK? I feel you. On a team that wants to pound it down your throat anyway? I feel you. I feel you. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. You, you don't look like you're feeling me. No, I feel you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I now that I look at the oh we did, we forgot Chris Carson too. Well, but, I mean that's the best for last. That's pretty. You think he's the best player in this draft class? Come on, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Okay, who's better? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just asking you. Think, they don't even hear what Carson, I got to say. Sometimes th- it's you. I think Chris Carson really he he took it to another level. I mean breaking his leg that sucked, and we were th- oh he's gonna do this and that, but then to come back the next year and do it. Because I think you're, a broken leg these days is not, like, the same. I think you can come back from a broken leg and be cool. He came back and was good. Uh, he, was he was great. great. Yeah. I think he – should he have any the Pro Bowl?
1: No. He no, it's,
0: it's the NFC, man. The NFC is, is really tough. You named – I mean, we talked about it, I think, last week. You named about four guys. It's just like – it's a crap shoot. Yeah, Todd Gurley, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara. There's four right there. <laughs> it's tough. I get you in, yeah. And it's not a discredit to him. I mean, I'll say this. If you put him in any of those offenses, he's – Gonna do the same thing. He's I gonna th- get yards. Uh, yes. And then you got make a decision. Well, who do we who get the votes? Yeah, maybe he is the best one in the class. He's the only one who can fly. We've seen him fly <laughs> for real. <laughs> Jump over people, oh. flying, running you over, speed. Yeah, we've seen him for real, like run past dudes. The one s- knock I haven't seen a mean stiff on from him yet. I haven't seen you know one of those just get off me. That's a good question. I might be able to find one. We but, I need I need a signature stiff arm from Chris. That's it. But he definitely does put his <laughs> head down and go through cats. Yeah, he's he's a bowling ball and you want him to be healthy. And but, he can fly though. Yeah. Remember that flip over the Panthers? That was crazy. Did he jump over Eric Reed? Was that it, who that was? It reminded me of Spider Man when he lands. <laughs> yeah, he lands and then he's able to like all right, I'm gonna just keep, keep going. going. Yeah. I'm all not right. down. He jumped over that dude on the Broncos. He had a really he had a highlight season last year of running people over, jumping over them, scoring touchdowns. He's the best player, in my opinion, in this draft, and I think he'll only continue. You as know long what? As he stays healthy. Okay, Shaq's my boy then, because I think he's the best player in the draft. Class. Oh, look at that! Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, you better hope Shaq has a great year. <laughs> I think he will. <laughs> oh, look at that! Yeah, I don't know if that counts as a hot take, but I think he will. It's Not a hot take. You just saying he's gonna have? You think he's gonna have a good year? That's that's fair. I think he can have like a Pro Bowl year. Now that is hot. Who are the other res- good corners in the in the NFC? Yeah, there are. There's some <laughs> really good ones. <laughs> Who's the best corner in the NFC? Still Patrick Peterson? Oh, Xavier he, Rhodes? He's going to be sitting on the bench for a few games after Oh, he was on the juice, huh? I forgot. <laughs> Is he even good now since he's on the juice? Oh, his be, you should be great when you're on the <laughs> juice. I forgot people would be on the juice. Mark Ingram was on the juice, too, huh? There's always a Patriot oh. on the <sighs> juice, and we just always ignore that There'd be <laughs> Patriots on the juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't the Patriot. No, I'm just saying like would oh, be Patriots okay. on the juice, too. Was been on the juice? Man yeah, Juicing man. is the new trend Uh, It's always Hey man It's always been Get it how you live, brother I don't really care But yeah, I forgot he's on the juice Who yeah. else is in the NFC? Xavier Rhodes Probably the best corner in the NFC Ooh. Yeah Marshawn Lattimore In oh, New Orleans man. is really good Patrick Peterson those Casey Hayward, man That's AFC the, though I keep for, You would think Since they're on the west side I hate that But whatever yeah, he's, he's Xavier AFC. Rhodes Marcus Peters Josh Norman he's, he's Is he in the NFC? Yeah, he's with the, the, the foot, Washington football team Oh, that's right. But he wasn't good. I'll be honest; he didn't have a good year. So it wasn't a great year. Those are yeah. Um, I think I think you have a point there. Shaq could, yeah. Those are all really good guys. I think mean, I think Rhodes, Akeem. Peters, oh, yeah, AFC, Tlaib. Tlaib. Yeah, there's some really good corners. He could, he could. It's a possibility. It's gonna be tough though. I mean, just Marshawn Lattimore is really good. Am I saying his name right? Yeah, yeah you're Rhodes? saying yeah. it right. Yeah, Desmond King is on the AFC. Why do you keep looking up Chargers? <laughs> I'm sorry, they're, they're just coming to my head right now. The Chargers have really good corners. Oh, I forgot Byron Jones with the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, no, He's, they've got. There's he, some really good corners. He had, yeah, he had a good year. I'm trying to think. Is anyone else? Oh, Kyle Fuller with the Bears. Their defense is nasty. Yeah, there are some really nasty corners. Um, I, I don't think that he can't be as good as any of those dudes. Maybe except Patrick Peterson. I think Patrick Peterson. And then be they be have, the have another one for ever. the Bears too. Uh, Bryce. Bryce Callahan? I think he's like their nickel. Come on, man. No, yeah, there's some good guys. I mean, there's good guys in every position. So, I mean, I don't think and he then can't be better than any of those dudes. Another guy that we didn't mention. a guy who picked off Russell Wilson. Prince Amara Amuka, Amar man. Amara. Amuka Mora, Amuka God dang, I chopped it up. I yeah, said that it was good hard. last week and chopped it up this week. That's but true. It's going to be, it, there's competition for it. And if he does it, great for Shaquille. I think he can be as good as any of those dudes except Pat Peterson and Xavier Rhodes. I think those are two, like. Yeah, I think Patrick Peterson might be one of the best players I've ever seen. He's nasty. I've seen him a few times now. He was alive. too juiced up. That would explain it. And he also—I I really think, like, uh, before we get out of here, I think that we should see more dudes playing both sides of the ball. I really do. Uh, I think Patrick Peterson is one of those guys who could be like, "Hey, bro, I need you to play receiver today," and he'd be like, "Bet." He's got the athleticism, the ball skills, the speed, the foot, the feet is just. Did yeah, Dion play receiver? Dion played whatever they really need because he was an elite talent. <laughs> I really think so. I think Doug Wallen, too, was one of those guys who could play both sides. I think A.B. is another dude who could play both sides. Hang on. A.B. playing both sides. What do you mean both sides? You want A.B. as a corner? Yes. I Absolutely. I don't know if A.B. is even t- pushing anybody out of bounds, man. I A.B. Think, about your height. That don't matter. With tree trunks, his leg. Trey Flowers skinny. Sherm's sure, skinny. They but both. But they're also 6'3". Yeah, I think he could. <laughs> I think he could do it. Fill you. Okay. I think he's got the athleticism. No, oh, that's a hot take. A B playing corner. I think JJ Watt has the athleticism to play tight end and offensive oh, end. Well we saw him catch like, yeah. a touchdown. He did catch that. That's right. I think uh Vaughn Miller too could also play like tight end in addition to being the best outside linebacker in the league. I think there's some dudes. I think that we should see more more cats doing it, to be honest. I think it's just health, man. It's just a brutal sport. I, I Mike's guess. like, forget it, Chris. You know, you're playing football anyway. Why not? Yeah, it's <laughs> just like there's no safe spot except for kicker. What the hell? Place kicker and punter. Shoot, I (laughs) think they should train skill position dudes to do that too. Save a roster spot because you really shouldn't kick anyway. Well, my guy Chad Oshocinco did it. He, he missed the extra point, but it's all good. I mean, kicking, kicking his heart But why he just shouldn't do it. Actually, he did make the extra point. Shout out to Single on that. You got a hot take for us? No, uh, we'll, you have the hot take. No, don't try to revert after what we talked about pre-production well, via text it. message. What was the I'm going to pull it up. It wasn't even a hot take. Mike was now, when I text Mike things and give him ideas, he's like, oh, this is a new hot take. Mike has taken that role at this point in time. I like how you're stalling and not saying what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, search through all your text messages because you are a texter, and I hope you don't find it. Dang. I'm not going to tell you nothing. Did you delete it? How hey, could well. I delete it? That's a good question. <laughs> well, now I can't find it. You've been texting a lot. Yeah, I'm in a lot of group chats. It's ridiculous. But I'm in yeah. like five different group chats, and they're all just like different by like one person. Maybe Mike will have it for you guys on the next episode. Technically, it's not a hot take. It's literally just Mike and I talking pre production oh. via text message what about is the going show. On here? here we go. I Got want to thank you guys for listening to another no, episode. No, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, it was G's kid. There it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris goodness. said the Seahawks are going to draft G Scott's kid in, 20, in 2022. Is that when he'd be Can there? you actually read the text message? Because that is not what it says. No, that's essentially what it says. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It does, it the doesn't. fact that Mike didn't want to read the text message lets you know exactly where I'm going with this. It's semantics. Right? It doesn't <laughs> really. You know, you're trying to get too specific here. Just, just own the hot take. Oh my goodness! I already had mine for the day with Shaq, mm-hmm. your boy. Mm-hmm. You know, David Moore, your, your other boy. I told you my only boy, and this is Mike Tyson. You guys believe what you want, man. Now, hey, you you can have hot takes too, but I don't have. To, I'm not really great at the hot take. Though. No, you are. We have made it. The end of the segment show, Mike's Hot Takes. People look forward to hearing, ooh, what's Mike going to say this week? That's true. Don't try to put this. That don't mean they don't want to hear a hot take from you every once in a while. Man, they get 58 other minutes of me talking about all types of stuff with you. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I think Mike's saying is Chris. Man, these hot takes are getting tough, man. I keep... Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And that's okay. That's why it's Mike's Hot Take. Tyler Lockett not being top 10 route runner is a hot take. I don't think so, man. No, that's that's a hot take. I don't think so. I named 10 guys. And the only guy that... I would agree it shouldn't be on that list as Oshawan Jeffrey. I'll give it to you. So Tyler Lockett would be default number eleven. But then again, I might be able to find an eleven spot. But I think those ten guys that I named are the top ten route runners in the league. And I've seen I've yeah. It's that it's it's you know what? You make a Twitter poll, Mike. That's what I challenge you to do. Do a Twitter poll. All right. I don't like doing polls. I like actually just don't ask do people. a poll. Just ask Twitter if they can give you your top ten route runners and see how many people have Lockett. I guarantee you a Seahawks fan wanting to even have Lockett on there. Oh, you're tripping there. I don't think I'm tripping. All right. We'll Actually, see. they probably would because they exactly. only watch Seahawks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. But I think you should do that tweet, man. All right. We'll see. All right, man. We we'll want to see. thank you guys for listening to another episode of Seahawks <laughs> Man to Man. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at CKIDD206. And that's kid 206 I guess you know to follow Mike, right? Yeah. Dog. No, Tyler Lockett is one of the – go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Dugard. Just type his name, Mike, and I'm sure he'll come up because he has a blue check. He is the legend. No, I'm, I'm, I'm about to look up some more about man. You're killing me. Man. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you later. We are out.